This episode is brought to you by JScreen. Help prevent cancer and genetic diseases in your family. JScreen now offers CancerGen, a state-of-the-art test that analyzes the BRCA genes and over 60 other cancer susceptibility genes. This test can be life-saving. And JScreen's ReproGen test screens for over 200 genetic diseases such as Tay-Sachs and cystic fibrosis. Genetic testing for reproductive risk can save your baby's life. Both tests are done confidentially from the comfort of your home on saliva and telehealth genetic counseling is included. Visit jscreen.org to request your screening kit and claim $50 off either of these tests, Reprogen or CancerGen, with the code JLP50 at checkout at jscreen.org. Offer expires 12 2021 and applies to those residing in the U.S. This episode is brought to you by Meet to Marry. If you're sick of attracting the wrong people, wasting time on dead-end relationships, and wondering how other areas of your life can be so great while your dating life is so, well, uh, disappointing, then it's time to try a radically new approach to call in the loving, lasting, healthy relationship of your dreams. Start doing that today by signing up for the free masterclass, the five powerful shifts to quit attracting the wrong men and finally summon your soulmate at meettomary.com forward slash Jewish love masterclass. That's meettomary.com forward slash Jewish love masterclass. Jewish Money Matters, episode 206, Ask Yael. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. Friday, November 5th, Rosh Chodesh Kislev. Welcome back to another Ask Yael episode. And Chodesh Tov, everybody. What a great time, great month. Really looking forward. Obviously, it's a fun month, Hanukkah. This coming week, I'm headed to Miami to speak for WITSO, for Women's International Zionist Organization over in Bell Harbor, Florida. We're going to be having a ladies event, and I'm so excited. So if you are in the Miami area, I hope you'll be there joining me and supporting WITSO's extraordinary work. The event is at 11 a.m., and you do have to register because it's, in a, it's also in a private home. The topic, God wants you to be rich. Hmm, I think you don't want to miss it. We really don't. So how do you register? You head over to Witzo Florida's website. So that's Witzo, W-I-Z-O-F-L.org forward slash women dash empowerment. Or you call the office at 305-861-8860. All of this information is also on my Instagram. You can grab it there. You can also DM me and I can send you the registration link. Um, so you could do that. And I really hope to see all the Miami listeners there. I mean, my first live event since COVID. I can't believe it. All right. So that's Witzo, Florida. So that's W-I-Z-O-F-L dot org forward slash women dash empowerment. Okay, let's head over to the Apple podcast review section. This review comes from Shoshana on October 22nd. She said, the whole shebang, todo el asunto. Wow, wow, wow. I haven't listened to, I haven't listened in a while and I'm so impressed with the recent episodes. I'm so excited to listen more regularly. Well, thanks, Shoshana. I'm glad that you're back to listening on the regular. Be in touch with me and I will send you a calendar link for us to chat for 20 minutes about whatever's on your mind. I look forward to that. 
Okay, ladies, I have a list of questions from you. Very good questions. But in the interest of my health and preserving my voice, I'm actually going to replay an old Ask Yael and tackle your questions next week. Um, that episode that we're going, the, the questions are still really relevant. And it's an episode from that originally aired June 2020. Um, I think the whole change in weather, we went from 89 degrees to 50 in like 12 hours. That's Texas for you. That's Houston. So I think it's giving me a signal in my body to rest. My throat's been telling me. And as you know, I have to be able to speak on Tuesday. So we're going to preserve that voice, my throat, etc. So I'm going to leave you with an oldie but goodie. Keep sending those questions via email or Instagram at Jewish Latin Princess. And if you're in Miami, don't forget to join me November 9th, 11 a.m. Ball Harbor, Florida, witsofl.org forward slash women dash empowerment to register. I'll see you there. Here's your questions. Our first question comes from Sandy on Instagram, and she says, Hi, Yael, I love your podcast and how you incorporate Judaism into your everyday life. Thank you, Sandy. <laughs> I'm working on myself to be more mindful and to bring more awareness to my everyday practices. I am trying to do more meditation, yet have had, have had no, yet have a hard time with a lot of meditations and practices out there because I sometimes feel like the meditation is borderline avodazara, which means idol worship. I'm doing one meditation course now, which includes several Sanskrit mantras. Do you have any meditations you enjoy doing that incorporate Judaism and its principles? I'd love to hear if there are any that you practice. I know you speak about meditation when you dive in, and you, meaning when you pray. And you are constantly trying to bring awareness to all aspects of your life through Jewish perspective. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts. I love Sandy's question. I I, I, I guess, Sandy, maybe you've been on the show for a long time because it seems like you get me and you get the kind of the vibe around here. And this is just such a great question. And the timing actually was like absolutely perfect, which is exactly what I told. I, I couldn't believe it when I when I, the, the question popped in my Instagram, I said, Sandy, I mean, like this timing is perfect, because Sandy wasn't the first to ask within the same week that Sandy asked me two other people asked me practically the same question. So Sandy, you are correct. You are correct. You are right to be concerned about the sources of some of the meditations out there. The good news is that you can practice meditation, and that meditation can be kosher can be completely clean of this type of um, of influences. In fact, people who really know how to engage in the art of prayer, they really know how to meditate. The whole idea of prayer and of Torah learning before engaging in prayer, especially mystical aspects of Torah, which so many people practice still today, is meditation. That's the whole um, idea behind all that. It's to get you to use your mind to reach a more elevated state when you engage in prayer. Having said that, we are in a time when we need things a little bit more bite-sized, a bit more simplified, a bit more accessible. That is true. So we need access, we need to access the benefits of meditation like yesterday. You know, we needed to do this like yesterday. I get it. We all need it. Whether we can pray from a Hebrew prayer book or delve into a mystical text at 6 a.m. or not, we still need the benefits. So don't despair because you can have that. And I'm going to give you 
today a bunch of ideas, Sandy and everybody else. Number one, I would like for you to go back to the following amazing episodes with two experts in the field of medication, medi- uh, not, medi- not meditation, and mindfulness. Dr. Roos Devora Wallen on episodes 49 and 63, but particularly on episode 49, we get into meditation itself. But they're both very enlightening episodes as she's a therapist, she's an expert on mindfulness and meditation, and this is, this is really her forte. I've worked with her before. Another great episode which covers the topic of meditation is episode 52 with Mrs. Fruma Rosenberg. Um, so both those episodes will help you understand what is exact what exactly is kosher meditation and introduce the idea of how to do it. Furthermore, I think they will give you the permission, the permission to keep exploring this further. Um, well, I'm actually I'm actually giving you the permission, Sandy. <laughs> and additionally, I want you to also go back to episode 118, not too long ago, 118 with Dr. Azriela Jankovic, who is also a meditation instructor. And although we didn't get into the technicalities of Jewish meditation as much as I did with, say, Rustavora or Fruma, I think you will find it helpful. Um, I also want you to let to want you to know that she has a terrific program that I'm a part of actually it's called circle of insight it's a group mindfulness and meditation program that happens virtually and I can attest to the fact that it is terrific I mean I didn't know what to expect when I joined but I found the program to be highly highly enriching um and I, I'll say it honestly I'm actually totally hooked <laughs> she, she knows it I, I just I just love showing up for that program I love her voice I love the way she does it and again this is coming from someone who generally has a very hard time stopping and doing any of this if you know anything about me you know I'm much more of a go 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 type of gal much more of a doer and it's hard for me to just slow down and do this even though I know that it's important but Azzy encouraged me to try it and she was right I was completely hooked, literally hooked. I mean, her voice, her stories, the meditation, all of it. So it's become my one hour a week of self-care. And if you or anyone listening wants to try it, you can find a a special offer that she's having for my listeners at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash circle. And I believe if you enter the code princess at checkout, you will get your first circle at 50% off, which it's, you end up having a session of $9, which is something for $9 with a code, which is something completely, completely crazy. Trust me, because it's so much more, um, so much more valuable than that. Um, So I encourage anybody who wants to try it just to give it a shot. Um, But maybe listen to the episode first, see how you like her vibe, etc. And you but you can do that at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash circle and then enter the code princess at checkout. Now, Sandy, I've given you so far, let's see, four episodes of the podcast to listen to carefully. And uh, by the way, in Roostevora Wallen's episodes, you can find information about accessing her meditation audios, which is another great resource, which I have personally used in the past. Again, I've just had a hard time with the accountability and getting myself to really just show up for this 
for this for myself. That's the bottom line. And so for me, being part of the circle works because I feel compelled to show up to do the work. Um, but if you're more of an independent person and will actually get the work done, you can try that as well. Plus, I'm giving you another resource for you to try on your own or in combination with whatever else you're going to do, whether it be with Dr. Yankovic, with the Mrs. Wallen, or any other resource that you're doing. I've put together a freebie, a free resource with my favorite Jewish meditations. And so thank you, Sandy, because the truth is that I've gotten so many questions about this over the years. And I, and as I said, even during the week that you asked the question, and you specifically asked about abundance meditation. So it happens to also be one of the topics that I discussed with my students during the Jewish money makeover, not meditation per se, but the ways to build trust in God and how certain parts of prayer upon which we're meant to meditate, of course, as I said before, how these are built into the system and the structure of prayer so that we actually build um, build that trust and, and really, so it becomes really a meditation for us. So what I did, thanks to Sandy, was I created for everybody listening a free download with my my favorite seven Jewish meditations to build trust and increase abundance. Some of these concepts I've discussed in depth with my students, um, but I'm giving you here a bunch that I think are great. They're Jewish teachings and or prayers, depending, which I've broken apart for you or explained so that you can then choose one a day or just take one or a few, however you want to use it. And focus and really take a few minutes of your day. It doesn't have to be more than that. I suggest early morning or perhaps sometimes right before bed. Either one works nicely. I do. I also do. I do both, but um, depends. So I suggest doing either the morning or the night right before bed to just focus on them. Just choose one and go with it. And by that, I mean like focus on your breath um, and just contemplate this one, one thought that you're going to choose from that um, file that I'm giving you. And if you more, want more information on the breath, I'm sure um, Asi Yankovic has a lot of information on the breath and Rustavora also has tons of resources on the breath. So you can combine all of that together. So what I've done is I'm giving you the, I guess, the meditations, the thoughts that I personally use and which I've found tremendously helpful over the years. And especially now that I've been in the circle with um, Dr. Yankovic, I've pushed myself to go back to these three ideas and really use them in my free time in the morning and the evening when I'm not when I'm when I'm not part of the circle itself. And so I do it independently and I see how much more I'm gaining from using these seven meditations in combination with my breathing work that I learn as part of the group. So I hope you find that useful. You can find it at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash meditate. Completely free for any of you listening. Um, jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash meditate. Okay, so we have another question from Lisa. I actually don't know Lisa. Oh, yeah, Lisa came from Instagram. That's where Lisa came from. Lisa actually was referred to, um, was referred to me by a friend. And so she says, yeah, hi, Yael, I am Jewish, and I'm married to a non Jewish man, and I'm having issues around money. I'm very interested in your money date concept, but I'm not sure where to start. All right, Lisa, Thanks for your question. Thanks for reaching out. So first of all, you're not alone. This is a topic 
that causes tension in many marriages. And I'm sorry to hear that you're having issues in this area, um, but you're not alone. It's it's very common. And, and the reason or reasons, plural, are number one, that money is an emotionally charged topic. We tend to think that it's just cold hard numbers, calculators, spreadsheets, but the truth of the matter is that it is an, it's, it's, it's a lot about emotions. And number two, that we were never taught to feel those emotions, to process them, or to talk about money and face the emotions that come up as we're discussing it. So most people don't like talking about money because the intensity of the emotion leaves them wondering, hey, like, where did that electric shock come from? Like, I just better not go there. And number three, because we each have a different money mindset that has been shaped by our infancy, by the home we grew up with, our faith, our community, our upbringing, our experiences with money from the from when we were very young until today. So all the good and the not so good, everything that we've experienced, that creates a certain money mindset that we don't, we're not necessarily conscious that we have, okay? And so if it's difficult between two people who come from the same value system to have these type of conversations. So let's say Judaism. So it, it, it's, it's difficult for, for, for two people who come from the same value system um, to have these conversations because we might ultimately have similar values. But again, my mindset around money is different than my, my husband's because we're different individuals with different life experiences. So we might come from the same value system, but it doesn't mean that we can still talk about money because we're wired in a different way based on our different life experiences. So if that is the case for somebody who comes with from a, from a certain similar culture, similar value system, etc., I can expect that it's going to be perhaps a little bit more challenging when we're mixing in another value system, as you mentioned on your note to me that your husband is not Jewish. And you've you even mentioned um you even mentioned his cultural background, which I'm not going to mention here for privacy. But so I think those things can make it a little bit harder. But um, and, I'm, and I'm guessing that's why you brought it up. I'm guessing that's why you added those details, because you realize that this might be another layer of complexity in the situation. And, and you're right, it is. But nothing is lost here. Nothing is lost. The The money date is definitely a must. And you ask, where do you start? <laughs> So I always tell people that the way to breach the subject is by making it about you and how you would like to become closer to your partner. Listen, nobody likes to hear, I want to have a talk to you about money. Nobody wants to like be pinned against the wall like, oh, we need to have a talk. That, that just doesn't work very well, okay? So it has to be approached by how you would like to share some things that have been on your mind and that you think that possibly he'll be able to understand you better. And you, you're hoping that this is something that as you share it with him will help you become closer and that it, you're a little nervous, it's a little vulnerable. Would, would he be willing to go out with you? Uh, and and because you because you want to talk about it, and you can tell him it's, it's about my money. And, you know, some things that I've discovered about my money mindset. And so here, the key, Lisa is to become vulnerable. 
Um, you have to tell him that you like to invite him on a date and you want to share with him what your, your thoughts on money are and what you've discovered about your own experience and your own mindset and your own past, etc. And then you have to be able to actually do that to get to share and get vulnerable. Now, you can also tell him that you're inviting him on this date because you'd like to discuss your financial goals together as a couple and find ways to align your values, your priorities, and set some goals for your future together. That might also speak. But notice here that the language is very much non-accusatory. It's very much one of, I feel that I have things that I would like to share with you because you're my partner, because we're building a life together. You know, that has to be like the tone. Um, And then in addition to that, the key to the money date is to making it a recurring to make it a recurring thing, not a one time thing. So your goal should be that you should try to have these experiences regularly. So it's something that you work into both your calendars at least once a month, better if it's more often. And it doesn't have to be too long. It could be 30 minutes to an hour, no more than that. And it's a space that needs to be safe. It needs to be free of judgment and accusations and where you bring in empathy and understanding and vulnerability, a lot of I statements and a lot of appreciation for any little strides and progress that your partner is making and or that you're making together. So expressing gratitude is always an important ingredient. Um, And at the very least, just for the fact that you're taking the time to do this for the relationship. So you also want to keep it light. You want to keep it light and bring in whatever elements of your personality would help here. If it's tea and chocolate or if it's a walk in the park or if it's spreadsheets on the kitchen table or laptops on the couch with blankets, I don't know. You have to personalize it, but it doesn't always have to be super serious because the topic can get heavy and also because not every date will warrant your spreadsheets and your bank statements. Um, especially at the beginning when you're really focusing on what are those money stories and money mindsets that you both bring into the relationship and what are those values that you each or both feel very strongly about and what are those goals that you want to achieve together. So all those conversations, you know, you could have them in the park, you go for a walk, you go to a coffee shop. I mean, we can't right now, pandemic, whatever, but, you know, get creative. And, and, and yeah, there will be dates that will have to be a little bit more technical or a lot more technical for sure. Um, but then again, even then there will be times when you're back to discussing a new goal, discussing uh, a, a new way to allocate your money and then you're going to filter it through those values that you've you know already established for yourselves or there might be something like the birth of a child or a family event that requires a big expense or how to prepare you know for those experiences um, pivots in your careers and big things like that so again times when you're not necessarily bringing the numbers in yet but you will so it's it's a dance between the more technical and the more philosophical if you will or the more um, emotional um, and so what I would say Lisa for you or anybody listening I would recommend that you download a free guide that is actually quite thorough uh, and will really really get you started it's got, it's a money date checklist but it's so much more than a checklist uh, you can go to jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash money date and and download that and you can do many of it of the exercises that I have there by yourself and maybe then you share them with your husband and see if he would like to do them also or if he would like to share you know 
what he what he thinks as you, you share what came up for you, what you answered, etc. So ideally, you've done them for yourself. And then this is like a great opening, a great starting point to because then you'll be sharing what you've discovered about yourself, and then seeing if he's open to also discover about himself. And if he's not yet ready for that, then that's fine. At the very least, try to get him to agree on another date. And then you build from there, okay? Then you build from there, trying to make these into a regular occurrence. So the goal is to create a safe place where talking about money is the norm and it's not something scary or threatening. So we want to avoid having financial conversations at random times, like right before bed or when you're rushing to a meeting or to call a client or cooking dinner or whatever it might be. No. You want to make it a sacred time and space to talk about money and every money conversation happens then. They don't happen outside of that framework. And you'll find that there's very little things that need to happen outside of that, that framework. Once this is established, there's very little that is such a big emergency that warrants discussing money at a, at a time when it's not your weekly or biweekly or monthly time where you discuss money. And, and it really is so much healthier that way because you walk into the conversation much more more emotionally and mentally prepared every time and your probabilities of of it going smoother increase dramatically so you just let you win on every on on, on every count so head over to jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash money date and download that it's going to be super helpful Reproductive genetic testing before marriage has been a widely accepted practice in our community for decades. And because of this, fewer babies have been born with genetic diseases. The process really works. I've done it, and so will my children one day, please God. But with the advances in modern technology, there's even more we could be doing, and JScreen is here to help. JScreen provides affordable at-home testing and genetic counseling via telehealth. Their testing panel consists of over 200 conditions and was carefully designed with the health of the Jewish community in mind. And did you know that Ashkenazi Jewish men and women face a 1 in 40 risk of carrying mutations in the BRCA1 and BRCA2 genes? This is more than 10 times the risk in the general population. When our person knows they carry one of these mutations before they develop cancer, they can take advantage of available options for medical management and cancer risk reduction. This test saves lives. Whether kids are in your future or you want to know your risk of cancer, take control. Genetic testing saves lives. Go to jscreen.org today and claim $50 off testing with the code JLP50. That's jscreen.org code JLP50. All right, so I have also a third question from Anonymous. And Anonymous says the following. She says, I control all the finances in my marriage, and I feel bad telling my husband how much to spend or not to spend. After all, he does make a good living. I'm constantly playing a juggling act, managing credit cards, payments, expenses, etc. I'm exhausted of managing the bulk of our financial life. What do I do? All right, Anonymous. I'm going to answer you in a similar way as I did to Lisa. You need to start having money dates and you need to share with him that you'd like to include him more 
and make him a more active part of the financial decisions. Um, I don't know if you've tried that before, but that's the way I would approach it. Again, without blaming, without resentment, just matter of fact. And if you can highlight how appreciative you are of the fact that he does make a good living for the family, et cetera, et cetera. And there might be other things that you could bring in to highlight and show appreciation for even better build him up and share with him that you'd love to get more input from him about the financial matters that you run as you feel that that would be helpful to you so notice how it's about you it's not about him and then once he's open to having those conversations and to looking at the numbers with you and giving you his input, then see if you can come to an arrangement where he's more involved on a regular basis or where you can divide the financial tasks better in a way that in a way that is works better for you because he might be willing to do that. I mean, you didn't you didn't say here whether this arrangement was because he doesn't want to or was more because you by default gravitated towards that. But you might be surprised. Uh, there are many ways to split those tasks and you can, you know, you can find the different strong suits and go for it because each each one of you has different areas where you're stronger in. And so you can div- divide and conquer. It doesn't have to be all you. And by the way, just because you do it one way now doesn't mean that you can't change later on. That's the beauty of this. If you, that if you're both involved and more or less aware of how financial things are run, then a lifestyle change comes up like the birth of a new baby, a move, an illness, God forbid, or whatever, and then you can divvy up the tasks differently. But but it, that can that can happen because there's been constant communication and you've been both aware of how things are divided amongst you and then you know you can shift. And for example, at the beginning of my marriage, my husband ran everything related to the day-to-day finances. And I was more in charge of the long-term investment accounts and all that stuff. And then we realized after the last recession in 2008 that that just was not going to work out for us. And then we went into a situation where I managed everything. Then over the years, we've gravitated to to doing it together. Um, and, although, and, and that has worked for... Wow, for a while now, it really does happen. It does work. Although I'll say that I do have more awareness about what's going on with long-term investment accounts for ourselves and the children than he does. And he's more on top of the day-to-day. So even though we are both very well aware and every week we look at the accounts that need to be looked at together and we do our cash flow together and our bills together, which means that at any minute, if our roles needed to shift I can certainly take over the day-to-day management, even though it's his sole response. It's, 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 he's mostly responsible for that. And, or he certainly knows how to take care of the longer-term savings and investment accounts because we're both communicating about it all the time. So we've, it's, it's like we're doing it half and half and it works for us like that right now. But again, you can shift over time and that's the point and that's part of the beauty of this. So I want you to anonymous to head over to jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash money date and see if that will help you. And actually, I know, I know it will help you because it's, it'll, it'll get you started. And then from that, you have a starting point to talk to him. And it also gives you the whole structure of of things to cover during these money dates. So it's really fabulous. All right, we have our 
last question. I think I had more questions, but uh, I think I'm going to just do this one last. And this question is from Sarah. And Sarah says, <laughs> Sarah, this, this is a funny question. Sarah says, yeah, L, help. I heard you once say that you're a multi-potentialite. So I don't remember, Sarah, if I said it here on the podcast or I put it on social media, but, but you're right. <laughs> so Sarah continues, I am too. I'm feeling frustrated about my inability to focus on one thing. I seem to be doing so many things, but wonder if this, if this is the correct approach. I have a few jobs that give me a stable income, but aren't necessarily my passion. Then I do a bunch of other projects that I love, like writing books, coaching clients, and public speaking. They are not stable income, but many of these give me a lot of joy. I'm also always very busy. I'm addicted to being busy. I feel like I'm not finding what's my thing and making money at it. Oi, Sarah, I feel your pain. You've come to the right person. I could totally relate to so much of this. Indeed, I am a multi-potentialite. And I want to say two things and encourage you to take pen and paper and write about what I'm about to tell you. And I have to give credit um, to Kathy Heller for a lot of what I'm about to share with you, um, but it's been super helpful to me. So I'm going to share it with you as well. And if you haven't heard the episode where I interviewed Kathy, it's episode 124, and it's very, very worthwhile listening to. Uh, her book also is a very good book. It's called Don't Keep Your Day Job. And here's what I recommend. Number one, um, I would list at least five things that you would be doing in your ideal life. Like, what is it that you would love to be doing without filtering it, without putting limits on it? If there were no obstacles, what would you do? Who would you be? Would it be motivational speaker? You said you like public speaking. Would it be motivational speaker? Would it be author? Would it be running a bed and breakfast in Cape Cod? Would it be life coach? Would it be a kid's educator? Would it be a parenting expert? Would it be a teenage a teenager's educator for teenagers or a motivational speaker for particularly for teens? Like what are those things? And just jot them out on a paper. What are those things that are like so dreamy to you? And then go through that list and circle the one that makes you feel most expansive that makes you feel like that excitement that tingle in your belly okay because and I think Kathy explained this in the in, in the episode or maybe I, I heard her say it but I know for myself um, also that when we do that there really is a lot of wisdom in that when we that that feeling that we get when we look at the thing in front of us that is like ah oh, this is just so exciting to me there is a lot of wisdom right there so do that for yourself. See what comes up. Let me give you another tip, okay? Something that you can do that also gives us a clue into the direction that we should be heading. Something that you can do is ask a bunch of people who really know you. I actually did this recently. It was actually very cool. Ask them, what do you come to me for? Like, what am I your go-to friend for? And actually, you'll be surprised. People are so happy to tell you. So Send it out to five friends, five really good friends, ask them the question. And you might find that there are patterns in the answer. If you don't 
that's okay. You don't like it. Don't take it too seriously, but it might be really, really telling. You'll be surprised. Number three, and this is perhaps Sarah, the most powerful exercise of all the ones I'm sharing with you, but I still encourage you to take pen and paper and do them all. Okay. But here we go. This is what I'm, I'm going to explain this to you. Okay. When people ask us the question, what do you want to do? We often say, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't really know. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up, right? And we, we think that's the honest answer. I don't know. But I would like to challenge that. And I want you to challenge that. Because what I've found in my own life, and as I've spoken with many women, is I've learned that I don't know is not really I don't know. It's actually an answer that results from two things, two lies, actually, if I'll be very honest, two lies that we've believed for many, many years. Okay, there are two lies that take us to that default of, I don't know, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I don't know what I want to be doing, who I want to be. And those two lies are number one, I've convinced myself that I'm not enough. Like there's no way I could do that. Uh, Me with my preparation, with my experiences, with my circumstances, like I don't have that education. I don't have that degree. There's no way I could do it, right? There's no way I could possibly do that. That being X, Y, Z, whatever that thing that really lights you up, right? That came from that paper that really jumped out at you. And number two, lie number two is, and I would never be able to make a living doing that. Can't make money at it, okay? Now, here's what I want you to do, Sarah. Now that you have this awareness, okay, if you would take away those two lies, could you be X, Y, Z? Could you be that thing that's that, that, that lit you up? Okay, like write down what X, Y, Z is, right? Do that first extra that I told you, okay? And you have it in front of you and ask the question, if you took away those two lies, could you be X, Y, Z? Okay. Again, XYC is the thing that jumped out at you in exercise one, okay? Ask yourself, if you stripped it to the core without those two lies, could you be that person? Could you do that thing? And I'm not going to tell you the answer, but you know it. You know it, right? You know the answer, okay? It's Y-E-S. Yes, of course you could, okay? Now, I want to tell you one final thing, and that is that fear is there for a reason, okay? It's there to protect you. And the reason I'm bringing fear is because that's what's underlying in, in this whole conversation. And I could tell you this from, from experience, okay? I'm, I'm like literally speaking to myself. Um, it's there for a reason, Sarah and everybody else, to protect you. And you need to be well aware that your, anim- your more animalistic self, your lower self will present you with tremendous fear and tremendous Um, rationalizations on why you should stay exactly where you are and why being as you said quote-unquote addicted to being busy as you said it is just a ploy of the animal I want you to be aware that it's just a game of the animal soul to keeping to keeping you keeping you from finding where you will shine the most that's how you are being stopped by this busyness and it, and you get adrenaline from being busy, right? And it feels, no, but it's good to be busy. It's productive. But really, that's just a trick that is keeping you from focusing and finding what is the place that you're going to shine the most. Because I can tell you, it is scary. 
it is scary to define ourselves and to take that leap of faith at something because then the question is, what if we fail, right? Hey, are you sick and tired of attracting the wrong people, wasting time on dead-end relationships, and wondering how come other areas of your life can be so great while your dating life is so disappointing? Is this the year that you want all that to change? It's time to try a radically new approach. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is a definition of insanity, period. Sign up for the free masterclass, the five powerful shifts to quit attracting the wrong men, and finally summon your soulmate at meettomary.com forward slash Jewish love masterclass. There you'll learn from Barry Lyman, founder of the Meet to Marry method, endorsed by author and educator Steve Covey as smart, principled, and engaging. Ready for change? Ready to finally find your soulmate? You know you are. Sign up for the free masterclass at meettomary.com forward slash Jewish love masterclass. And you know the answer to that. Failure is feedback. And it's nothing to be scared of. It's more scary to stay in your comfort zone and not utilize our potential because we're too busy doing a million projects that don't really fulfill us. We're good. We might even be excellent at those. But it's not our super stellar thing. It's not our zone of genius. Actually, I want you to read a fabulous, fabulous book by Gay Hendricks titled The Big Leap. And you'll find it super helpful. Um, it's really, it, it really, yeah, I want you to read that and get back to me. So all in all, what I want you to do, Sarah, is I want to be, I want you to be cognizant that the always busy thing that you threw in there that you mentioned is just another ploy of the animal soul to keep you safe and not have you venture out too far into the world, too far off by shining your light too brightly, okay? Um but I know you know what your godly soul needs to, needs you to do. So do those exercises. And then when you think, here, here's something that I think is what I really want to develop, then you have to start trying it out. You have to start doing something to move that further. You have to start li with little actions. You have to go test it and get a little messy with it. And it might mean that then you have to drop some of the other things. And that's okay. You can put other things on hold. So try clearing your schedule of other things and focusing more and more on, on the actions that will lead you to that one thing that's jumping out at you, okay? And then one last thing I said, I told you, I would tell you three things, but now I've told you, I don't know, like five, okay? But one final thing that is really important is I'd like you to write and to explore where these three things intersect, Okay, the following three things. What do I love? What am I good at? And what does the world need? And that's a great way to find that point of service where you're doing what you love and you would wake up every morning to do it and you could talk about it every single day with what you're good at, right? It's, a, it's an inherent talent and with what the world would need you to do, what the world is willing to pay you 
for because they need it and they need it from you specifically. Okay. So I want you to think about that point of intersection. Where is that intersection? And you might need to try things you know, try things as you're coming up, but the action is key. You have to start getting busy doing that one thing that really lights you up and think, you know, if this is something that I would just talk about and write about or whatever it might be all day long, even if people didn't pay me, but here we're looking for paying because we want to make sure that the world values what you're offering, right? So is this something in the world needs? Is this something in the world is willing to pay me? And am I naturally good at this? Does it come easy to me? And then then we're off to the races, okay? So good luck, Sarah. I hope this was helpful. And please do keep me posted because um, I seem to know a lot about this from a very intimate place. And so ladies, that's a wrap. 